0: The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender NMLS ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from, but still affiliated with, Acunet Mortgage.
1: Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from AccuNet Mortgage and Realties, Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And welcome, pleasant Sunday
2: morning, everyone. I'm Mark Segrist welcoming you to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show along with uh, AccuNet Mortgage and uh, AccuNet Realty Advisor and owner, Brian Wickert. Uh, It's going to be another great day, hour-long conversation on uh, mortgage matters and lending-related activities. As always, if you have a question or a comment, give us a call or text us on the Accunate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The number is 414 799 1620. Brian, great to have you with us. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing just great. I want to thank David for doing the show uh, by himself last week. Did he do a good job? He did a wonderful job, as you do when you're flying solo. You guys are both experts.
0: Sure. You know, I listened to the first half (coughs) on the uh, WTMJ app, uh, but then I had to get on the airplane with. A full airplane of perfectly sane people leaving Phoenix and coming back to Milwaukee. It's kind of crazy. Every time I do that, I think, wow, we're all crazy. Anyway, yeah, you're going the wrong way. That's, that's right. Going the wrong way. Hey, so the U.S. Census released their latest numbers for home ownership rates. That's for the fourth quarter of 2018. And the headline that caught my attention in the Wall Street Journal was home ownership rates hit the highest level since 2014. So, of course, that always makes me wonder, well, you know, what is the current rate? What was it? Where's it going? And the reason I think this is a relevant topic for every homeowner and home shopper and even renter that's thinking about buying is because it describes the demand side of the most important economic equation ever invented, supply and demand. And so, you you know, you hear me in my commercials and it's true that the supply side is still tight as the lid on the pickle jar. And And so now, you know, now we're gonna talk about the demand side. And so let's just blurt out the number. Uh, The nationwide number for homeownership uh, as of the fourth quarter was 64.8%. And so I don't, you know, does does that strike you as good, Mark? Just out of curiosity, does that seem high, low, medium? It
2: seems, it honestly seems medium. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, you're right. The highest it ever was uh, in recent memory, at least going back to 1996, was and uh, that occurred i thought that that would have been in the 2006 2007 heyday of the liar loans yes. and all that kind of stuff but it would really happen in 2004 uh is when it hit uh, 69.2 percent to be exact so we are 4.4 percent below that peak level by the way the lowest that the home ownership rate ever got and i i was thinking to myself well i bet that was in 2012 at the peak of the foreclosure you know crisis Nope. It was 2016 uh, Hmm. when we bottomed out at 63%, but that it turns out as I dug into a little bit more is more about demographics. It's because the millennials were becoming adults and they weren't ready to buy yet. Okay. So, so back to the, the top line numbers, just kind of curious things that struck me. There are 326 million Americans. That's our population. Oh, that's interesting. Well, you know, there are 139 million residential housing units in America. Census Bureau says that that's 1.1 million more than a year ago, so that's a good thing because we need more supply. I, I was shocked at this number. One out of eight housing units, 12%, are currently vacant. I'm like hmm. What? Yeah, hmm. 3 million are vacant and are actually up for rent, and the median asking price for rent, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, is right now just a hair under $1,000 a month. So if 12% of the housing stock is vacant, that means 88% of housing units have people living in them. And that's where you get the 64.8, let's just round that up to 65 of people or 79 million people are living in housing units that they own. That means of course the other 35% are renters. So there's 43 million renting households and 79 million owning households in America. All right, so now a couple of other fun facts that I, at least I thought were fun. Um, this varies widely by area of the country and this isn't going to surprise you when you think about it. In the western part of the country and the northeast where home prices are what? A lot higher. Yeah. The home ownership rate is only sixty one percent. Kind of a big difference Mm. in the south it's sixty six percent in the Midwest here sixty nine point three percent. So we're a lot better. Then when you look at home ownership by the age range, this is where. It's really interesting demographically. In the 35 year old and under category, we moved from 34% of that group owning homes three years ago in 2016. Now we're up to 36.5. So that's a two and a half point increase on a really big group of people. Hmm. Question for you, Mark, how old were you when you bought your first home?
2: Uh, Bought my first home, I was in my early 30s.
0: Oh, all right, so I was just thinking about this because I knew I was going to ask you that question. When Becky and I bought our first home in 1984, we were 22 years old, and I would like to say we had no business buying that house.
2: Really? Why do you ago. say? Why do you say
0: that? Well, I was working at a music publishing company, and we just thought, you know, we're tired of renting, and let's buy a house. And right. so, uh, rates were horrible at the time. Yeah. But you know, we did what a lot of millennials do, which is we asked a friend at work, "Where did you get your mortgage?" And so we got the most terrible mortgage you could imagine um, it was one where not only was the rate adjustable but the payments started low mm-hmm. so that not even enough to cover the interest but then they went up every year oh. and uh, in, in order to eventually pay back the principal that you hadn't pay back in the early years it was called an early ownership mortgage once I got into the mortgage interest industry I I learned the real name for or the kind of the uh, behind-the-scenes name. That was called the Neutron Mortgage because it left the house standing but destroyed the people, wow. if you remember wow. <laughs> Because the payments were so sure. relentless. Well, anyway, we sold that and moved to California. Um, quickly, if you're in the 35- to 44-year-old age range, the Gen Xers, yes. their home ownership rate jumps up to 58%. I'm sorry, 61%, which is three points higher. Than it was three years ago. And then once you get into the 45 and older, you're looking at uh, 70% for that range, 55 to 64, 75% home ownership rate. And for the seniors, it's uh, 79%. Two other quick things if a household makes greater than the median family income, the home ownership rate is 79%. And if you earn less than the median income, it's all the way down at 51%. So when we come back from this first break, we're going to talk about just how much home you can buy in southeastern Wisconsin if you make the median household income, which is $77,300. bucks. we will cover that when we come back. i got to tell you, you do a great job of
2: just keeping, keeping uh, track of just the fluid nature of real estate. I mean, you, you truly keep a handle on how but it's flowing, not only on a regional at- basis, but yeah. Yeah, it's important stuff. Th-
0: thank you, Mark. you you, know, you kind of got to think every once in a while about the big picture. Yeah. Because it does in some way impact you know, what's happening then when you go out to look for your home in Franklin. Yeah. You know, there is some correlation. you got to be aware of the demographics. Absolutely. All right, so we'll talk a little bit more about affordability here in our neck of the woods right after the break.
2: All right. You're listening to the Acuna Mortgage and
1: Realty Show right here on WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. And we're back with Brian.
2: And, Brian, we've got a caller that could use some of your wisdom. Do you have time? I bring him on. Okay, this is Don from Menominee Falls. Good morning, Don.
3: Good morning, sir. Welcome
0: I'm to asking, the show. How can we help?
3: I'm asking what to do, or maybe you can give me some advice, huh? I'm losing my pension, and I don't know if I have to foreclose, or what's the procedure on the foreclosure, or can I get a chance to get a reduced rate or, or on my house payment? Cause I don't want to lose what I got, but if, unfortunately, I'm going to lose my pension.
0: All right, I'm really sorry to hear that. First of all, but the first step that you want to take <clears throat> is you want to call the mortgage lender that's collecting your payments every month. Yes, sir. And do you have one? Do you have one mortgage or more than one? One. Okay. And how does the mortgage balance? Uh, roughly, what's the mortgage balance that you have outstanding right now? About 180. Okay. And what do you think you could sell your house for if you put it on the market?
3: Well, I, that's the other problem I have. They came through with water about seven or eight years ago, and it's going to cost me about fifty thousand to put the water into the house. Oh. So I got to pay the and, lateral. And, I, got to, I got to pay yeah. it coming into the house. So I'm, I'm dead.
0: Okay, cuz your house is worth how much right now?
3: Uh, I'd say about 240. Okay. So I mean, you can't, you're I can't sell it. I can't sell it unless I have the water hook up and I don't want to I don't, I can't afford to have the water hook up with with them taking away my pension.
0: Right. I'm All right, good. so the so you, yeah, well, yeah, you you got a problem there. Yeah, no So kid. I would do yeah. I, I 39, would do,
3: 39 years I paid into this pension and they're taking it away.
0: Uh, that's, a, that's a sad story there for sure. All right, so the first thing you do is you call the mortgage lender and you explain the situation. And what they will probably offer you uh, is a modification, all right, where they're going to say, oh, all right, well, you are in a tight spot. They're going to have you fill out some paperwork and, and give them some financial information, right, kind of kind of like applying for a loan except you're applying for relief all right and and then i think the other thing you want to do is if you haven't already talk to a local real estate agent uh who maybe has some experience in this situation where uh, you know you've got a a big bill like this because you would obviously if you go to sell it i mean because you almost have enough equity there you know to sell but uh, but I'm not an expert at the intricacies of whether you'd have to have the lateral actually done first, or how that might be finessed. You know, you can't yeah. be the first person in in Wisconsin to face this issue. So I'm just wondering if there's any relief you can get from the village, relative to you know maybe some variance or waiver that would allow the new owner uh, okay. to put in the lateral. That's another idea. Call the village and see if they've. You know so that's that's all you can do you know and then the chips will fall you know where they may but I think those are your three things call the lender, call a village and talk to a good uh, real estate agent uh local one there Menominee falls, and see if they've got some tips for you would well. you so, be
3: interested in taking it
0: no yeah. or, uh because I uh, thank you for asking my my realty company acting at realty advisors is more of a connecting-type company. Now, if you want to leave your phone number with our producer, I can give you the name of a Menominee Falls real estate agent. I can okay. do that on Monday. All, All right, right. So sir. leave your name and number with our producer, and, and I'll, I'll make some phone calls to an agent or two and see if they've got some ideas. And then I'll right. hook you up. Thank you All very then. much for your All right, thanks for calling into the show.
2: Brian, that All was right. excellent so, counsel. I know Don really appreciated that. Thank you.
0: You're entirely welcome. All right, so when we come back from this break, we're going to get back to what does a median uh, earning Southeast Wisconsiner, and by the way, our area median income in Southeast Wisconsin is $77,300. What can you comfortably afford to buy when it comes to buying your first home? We'll cover that when we come back.
2: And you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ.
1: Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AcuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
2: Okay, Brian, uh, you're up again, sir.
0: All right, here we go. So, you know, talking about affordability and home ownership rates, and and clearly, you know, there are two things that stand in the way of uh, renters buying a home. And uh, Bankrate.com did a survey uh, recently in this regard. And let me just see if I've got it here. Don't have enough income. Uh, 51% of renters they surveyed said that's the number one reason why they can't buy a home. And then the other one is can't afford the down payment and closing costs. That was 41%. So if, if you happen to earn the household median income in Milwaukee, $77,300. So maybe that's two people, you know, earning that dollar amount or maybe a single person earning that dollar amount. And let's say you had two car payments and some student loan payments, all totaling $700 a month. You can, in fact, afford to buy the median price single-family home in the five-county Milwaukee metro area, which sold in 2018 for $222,000. Now, so you always have to, and home shoppers realize this quickly, and and we have a really nice mobile app that we give all of our pre-approved buyers to use while they're shopping. Property taxes play a huge role in your monthly payment. And so in this example, I used $4,440. That happens to be 2% of the value of the house for property taxes. Homeowner's insurance was 750 bucks, And then we said, oh, if you put just 3% down uh, using a 30-year fixed rate loan at a rate of 4.5%, which we could give you on a special um, Fannie Mae program, Um, your monthly payment would be $1,604 a month by the way the annual percentage rate would be 4.85 because of the monthly mortgage insurance cost and that happens to equal 25% of your gross monthly income which is textbook you know mortgage lending approval when I when I started back in the business in 1985 that was the target Um, housing ratio in other words what percentage of your income should you devote to your house payment the answer was twenty five percent and then if we took that sixteen hundred and four dollars added the seven hundred bucks that we're budgeting for car payments and student loans we'd be using up thirty six percent of your income so that is like right in the sweet spot uh, for mortgage lending by the way though and this is a surprise I've got we'll talk a little bit more about this bank rate survey that I found uh, talking to home buyers and their regrets with buying a home. It's not just the down payment that you need to come up with. The down payment of 3% is $6,660. But there are other costs. Now, and by the way, as of Friday, at that 4.5 rate, Acuna could chip in $1,000 toward the buyer's closing costs. So the, the loan costs would only be $263. But there are other things you have to come up with at the closing table. 2,900 bucks of other things, by the way, things like the first year of the homeowner's insurance premium, 750 bucks. You gotta pay that in advance at the closing. You gotta put some money away so that when the property tax bill comes due uh, in December, you've got enough money to pay it. Same thing with next year's homeowner's insurance. We always point out to people, don't forget, you're gonna pay 450 or 500 bucks for that home inspection. That's going to be, prior to the closing, but put that in your budget. So we're all about educating people on what it's really going to cost. And the answer in this particular case is $9,800 is what it would cost to buy the median-priced home uh, in the five-county Milwaukee area with 3% down. Of course, we would also take a look at the WIDA loan program, which is 30-year fixed rate. Because with WIDA, uh, we can provide a second mortgage Equal to the amount of the down payment so that lops off about six grand from the total amount of money coming at closing and don't forget folks the other two places where we can get money for closing costs are a gift from a relative or the seller the seller can chip in towards the closing costs and those other expenses that are not related to the down payment so all right when we come back after the news uh, let's talk about our habitat homeowner uh, Dominique who uh, closed on her home this last Friday. Don't
1: break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. We are back with Brian, and I'm excited to hear
2: how the uh, new homeowner's doing at Habitat, Brian.
0: Yes, uh, you know, this is part of the historic Midtown 100 Milwaukee Habitat uh, pr- program that's going on over the next three years and uh, that by the way Midtown is the neighborhood between North Avenue and Lisbon and between 30th and 20th Street in Milwaukee and so I'm on the board of Milwaukee Habitat now which is a fantastic organization and we are going to build 65 new homes rehab 15 more homes and do critical repairs on 20 more so that's 100 homes that's why we're calling it Midtown 100 all in the next three years and uh, the home that acunate mortgage sponsored this past year and that we worked on back in may i think it was of 2018 um, got its new homeowner dominique and so we do a little dedication ceremony on thursday and she signed the um, closing papers and she is now a homeowner and i just want to remind everybody that not only did she in this particular case come to the closing table with two thousand dollars that was a required uh, contribution for her income level on this particular loan program with habitat but much more impressively to me she donated 300 hours of volunteer time to milwaukee habitat as her sweat equity contribution 300 hours that is seven full 40-hour work weeks Wow. A little bit more than that. Can yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah. That's like that's neighbors building a, a barn, job. isn't
2: it? It really is. Oh like gosh. neighbors building a barn.
0: Yep. And and you know, so she did that work on her house, some of it on others, other homes she could put in the time at restore, but that is a heck of a commitment. And we were talking about this, some of us that went to the dedication, it's like how many we helped eight hundred and twenty seven people buy homes last year. I wonder how many would literally work for seven weeks of donated labor. I, I don't think it would be very many. That yeah. That is a big commitment. Yes. So uh, we gave her a nice little plaque, a picture of us all working at the house. Because when we worked at the house, we didn't know who our homebuyer was. We were just building the house for a to-be-determined uh, homebuyer. And uh, so we gave her a little uh, plaque that said, uh, Dominique, you've got grit because it takes a lot of commitment to go through that whole process. And by the way, we're going to talk a little bit in 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 the next segment about uh, regrets that home buyers have, according to a uh, Bankrate.com uh, survey, and I got to tell you, the Milwaukee Habitat for Humanity uh, home buyers are well prepared, not only from a financial um, counseling point of view, but also from a home maintenance uh, point of view. And the good thing is, these are new homes, and don't forget, they are also paying back a mortgage equal to one hundred percent. Of the value of the home, so this is not a giveaway program. Uh, they donate in her case two thousand dollars of cash, seven weeks of labor, and then she pays back a mortgage. Now it's a low interest rate, sometimes it's zero percent, sometimes it's two two and a half percent. Um, but you know it's an awesome program because just think about this we're going to have a hundred more people paying property taxes in that neighborhood mm-hmm. three years from now than are paying property taxes now, so it's good for the city. Uh, it's, it's really good for everybody. So we are very happy to be, and we're sponsoring another home this year. uh, That's great.
2: That's great. Yeah.
0: So we'll be out there swinging hammers. I think, uh, in May again, hopefully the weather will get warmer by then. And that'll be our third, uh, habitat home that we've been able to sponsor in the last three years. So we're excited about that. Okay. So, um, when we come back from this next break, I want to talk about this survey, because I think it's instructive, uh, from bank rate. Dot com and they surveyed uh, 1,493 homeowners and asked them a bunch of questions like, do you have do you regret buying your home? And oh, if so, wow. you know, why? What is the source of your regret? So I want you in the audience to think about what percentage of uh, two questions, two part question. What percentage of millennials say that they have some regret, buyer's remorse, I guess we could call it about buying their first home? And then, how does that compare to all uh, home buyers in general? What percentage of all home buyers have some regret about their home purchase? So, we're going to talk about that and how to avoid it when we come back.
2: All right. You're listening to the Accunate Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ
1: getting you through the home buying process. Welcome back to the AcuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
2: Okay, we're back with Brian and this is the regrets. I had a few <laughs> in my home versus segment he, as
0: Frank Sinatra he, would yes, so eloquently sing it. Buyer's remorse and uh, so this comes from uh, bankrate.com and uh, they surveyed 1,493 recent home buyers they don't give a margin of error on their report, but they say it's representative of all U.S. adults, 18 and over. All right, cool. Let's take them at their word. Take a wild guess. I'll give you multiple multiple choice. Forty percent, 50 percent, or 60 percent of millennials regretted something about buying their new home. Forty, 50, or 60. Wow. you asking me? I would, I yep. would say 40, 40. 63 percent. Holy smokes six. Yeah, I was shocked. 63% of millennials who purchased a home expressed some regret across all generations, 44% of home buyers had at least some regret. So I'm going to say it the other way. Let's look at the glass half full. Well, 56% didn't have any regret, right? Right. right. All right. But what's the number one cause of regret? Uh, The answer is maintenance or other costs were more expensive than expected. 25% 25% of millennial homebuyers gave that answer as their top regret. 18% of all homebuyers gave that same answer. Uh, by the way, a separate bank rate survey from earlier last year found that homeowners spend $2,000 a year on average on maintenance costs. So that's about 167 bucks a month, which I get it. If you like, thought, oh, I'm buying this 100-year-old house and I won't have to do anything to it, or even the 50-year-old house, you're crazy. And yeah. just by the way, if if you go with one of the special first-time homebuyer loan programs that we have, either through WIDA or Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, you will have to take a homebuyer education class online. And I'll bet you, I guarantee you, one of the things that are talked about there is, hey, don't forget, you're going to have a utility bill. You know, maybe that's one of the other expenses that surprised people. Like, oh, I didn't know what the utilities were going to be on this house. And by the way, in Wisconsin, you can call We Energy's and get the average twelve month, I think it is, or twenty four month, utility bill for any house you're thinking of buying. Isn't that crazy? So actually, Mark, you could call, sure. and find out what my utility bill is. Kind of interesting. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. yeah you, you just
2: have to provide kind of the property case. address, right?
0: Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. What are the utilities on this house? Um, so, and again, if you're buying an older home, you better take that into account. You know, especially if on your home inspection they told you, you know, the furnace is on its last legs. You know, oh, yeah, don't forget you're going to have to save up and buy one unless you're going to finance it. You know, now, luckily, a lot of people have parents that can help out maybe with those unexpected bumps in the road. But just another good reason to also have some money in reserve. You know, we're coaching people all the time and giving them interesting information that they can use uh, because, remember, every $1,000 of money you hold out, you you. Don't put down like you hold it in reserve. That's five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. That's with the cost of PMI if you're putting less than twenty percent down. So maybe it'd be smart not to put every nickel into your home purchase, but to hold some money in reserve for those possibly unexpected expenses. All right, the number two most common regret coming in at twelve percent of all home buyers uh was buying too small a house. now you've heard me say this, Mark, if Sure. At least a dozen times over the years, if you're buying a house today and you're a first-time home buyer, let's talk about buying your next house as the first house, right? Yeah. Maybe let's have you buy the maybe do stretch a little bit and let's see if we can get you into the house you could see living in for 20 or 25 years, rather than the much more traditional. Hey, I'll buy a starter home and then five years from now, I'll buy my next home. And the reason that I give that advice is. Rates are low right now, you know, roughly 4.5% on a 30-year fixed rate. That is a great historical rate. The Trump administration and Congress are looking once again at reducing the government's role in mortgage financing, you know, shrinking the footprint of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And, you know, Brian Wickert's unofficial but somewhat informed analysis is if and when that happens, that's going to push up rates by 1%. Boom. There you go. We're, We're all regardless of our income, we are getting government subsidized mortgage rates right now because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac guarantee Mm -hmm. the payments and that makes the cost of capital lower, blah, blah, blah. That is one big reason we have four and a half right now for interest rates instead of five and a half if the government wasn't involved. So rates are low. Um, Prices are likely to continue to rise right because of this demographic pressure that we talked about at the beginning of the show. There's not enough supply in the affordable price ranges. Here locally, you know, I'd say that's between 100,000 and 500,000. Let's call that the meat of the market. You know, I talked two weeks ago about somebody buying in the low 200s where there were 14 offers. So buy as much home as you can afford now. Another 8% of home buyers um, realized after they bought the home that it was in a bad location. And that reminded me when Becky and I bought, we were moving back from California to Wisconsin in 1989. And we decided we wanted to live in Cedarburg. And so we saw this cute house on, I think it was County Road I, which goes between Cedarburg and Grafton. And so we said, boy, that kind of looks like a busy road. Why don't we park outside here for, you know, an hour and count the number of cars that go by? Well, I think after 15 minutes we got the 52 cars and we said, all right, this is not a good location. Um, we're up against another break here. We'll finish off with this topic of buyer regret and then we're going to talk about a conversation I had with a first-time home buyer about choosing a buyer's agent right after this break.
2: Okay and you are listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ.
1: Helping you find a place to call home this is the AcuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
2: We are back with Brian. It was an excellent point you made about, you know, when you showed an interest in your first, uh, home that you were looking at years ago. Mm-hmm. Just sit there at the intersection, watch the traffic, yeah. get a feel for the neighborhood, right?
0: And maybe different times of day, too. You know, I was thinking about that during the, during the break. It's like, yeah, it could be very different, you know, at, at rush hour, <clears throat> you know, than it is at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday. So... You gotta be careful location. You know, that's the oldest, uh, uh, bromide in real estate. The three most important things are location, location, and location. Mm-hmm. So, um, another 7% of the uh, home buyers surveyed by bank rate said they regretted buying because they realized their mortgage payment was too high. Huh. Well, that's uh, you know, I, I like the advice <laughs> wow. given this advice before I've also read it, do a practice run for like six months before you buy. And say, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna, you know, if I'm renting right now for a thousand dollars a month, and I'm gonna strap on a sixteen hundred dollar month mortgage payment, practice, make that sixteen hundred dollar mortgage payment for several months in a row, and make sure you can make the other ends meet. You know, you really do have to kind of come up with a budget unless you're just rolling in dough. Another seven percent of buyers regretted not getting the best mortgage rate. Well, that's an easy solution, Mark. Click on the blue button, baby. That's yeah. Lay up. And then only 5% of buyers said they bought too big a house. By the way, 79% of those surveyed believe that owning a home is a hallmark of achieving the American dream. So glad to know that when you're in our line of work anyway. All right, so I um, get a call from a first time home buyer, uh, referral from my barber, which is awesome. And so I'm talking to this uh, fella, and I'm asking him, I'm getting him set up to talk with one of our senior loan consultants uh, this coming week. And I ask him, so what about a real estate agent? He says, well, I was going to use an acquaintance of mine. I said, all right, well, tell me about that person. You know, how experienced are they? Well, they're pretty new. Okay, what company do they work for? A, a big company. So I explained this fundamental uh, to him, fundamental fact of real estate as it's practiced in Wisconsin. The listing agent's job is to get what the highest price and best terms for the seller. And that applies to both the individual human agent and the company for whom that agent works. If that brokerage company happens to have a lot of listings and then you are smart enough to work with your own buyer's agent, but you write an offer on a house that's listed by the same company, right? So the listing agent is with uh, Bob's Real Estate and you're working with a different Buyer's agent, who also happens to be employed by Buyer Bob's Real Estate, all of a sudden the real estate company in that sort of semi-conflicted situation becomes neutral. So now you're only left with the expertise of your agent. And I said to this guy, "Do you really want a rookie agent representing you on this? You know, two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollar investment you're about to make. You know, and and I." I feel bad because every young and uh, new real estate agent or mortgage lender or you know, dentist has to get started somehow. And this particular person was not part of a team. So I think that's a, hey, if you're gonna use a new person, whether it's for mortgage banking, like everybody at AccuNet is part of our team. And so like it or not, you get me on every transaction if I'm needed, right? So So you're not just, you know, with a person who maybe has three years experience, it's their three years plus my 35. Well, if you're talking real estate, you know, and you're going to work with somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience, I would say, make sure they are part of a team where you know you're going to have access to that veteran experienced agent because contracts are tricky Mm. And, and you get into situations where you need, I think, um, you know, experience to navigate uh, some of those difficult waters that I'd say happen, you know, 10% of the time. Um, so we're going to end up connecting him with, a, with an experienced uh, real estate agent once we find out what areas he is going to look in. Then related to that, you might recall the story that we had of the FHA buyers who were kind of out looking and had no business looking because they had lots of interesting circumstances that required careful attention. Mm -hmm. And so we got them all straightened away and they now have their rock solid guaranteed, uh, fully verified pre-approval and they're out shopping. And luckily they are working with a very experienced agent who contacted us this week and said, you know, we're looking at this house that was recently purchased and flipped, you know, by a home remodeler. Mm -hmm. And so she was experienced enough to say, I recall there's something about that in FHA, and the answer is, yeah, you can't do it within 90 days uh, between the time the contract for our FHA buyers is signed and the date on which the home remodeler took title to the property. So there is a complete ban on buying a flipped remodeled home for the first 90 days, if you write that offer between the 91st, and remember it's the date on which the offer is signed by both parties and the and the date that the seller, you know, who the remodeler bought it, if you're between 91 and 180 days, then you have to get two appraisals. And the buyer is not allowed to pay for the second appraisal. So you've got to take all that stuff into account. Luckily, this agent was savvy and not a rookie and didn't, you know, get the FHA buyers into a situation that they couldn't, uh, couldn't consummate. Yeah. All right, well, guess what? The hour's gone already.
2: It's next been a week, good we'll hour. It's been, you covered yeah. a lot of ground.
0: Thank you. Thank you. That's the object of the game. Next week, you know, we're going to have a look at uh, February home sales. Enough time will have passed since the end of the month. We'll get a flash reading on that. I, I'm thinking that the bad February weather might have been hard mm-hmm. on home sales in February. But we'll, David will be back, and we'll we'll get the the full complement back together next week. We'll see you then, Mark. Looking forward to it. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors, and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee LLC.